0: the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Today we're blessed to hear the homily from the blessed servant Michael Sammy. Let us open our hearts to hear the word of the Spirit through him. Good evening, everybody. I'm used to saying good morning. It's nice to see uh, everybody during the week. Hope you all are having a blessed, blessed fast. And also, um, Tomorrow is uh, the feast of the consecration of the Church of Saint. Anthony at his monastery so this is why we're saying uh, the, the melody uh, for him for him today. I want to start our focus today by looking at the gospel which is from Luke chapter 11 and we see Christ pinpointing something something about the Pharisees. It was first uh, noticed about Christ that he didn't wash before he sat down to eat and in jewish tradition it was typical actually for you to wash your feet Um, that was something of jewish tradition that you would wash your feet before um, before you enter uh, and and dine with someone and, and start a meal and we see christ exposing the pharisees by saying he says now you pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish but what is in you is full of greed and wickedness. So he, he's pinpointing exactly the issue, and it goes down all the way to the heart. And in monastic literature, you, you'll see a lot of um, words or a lot of teachings about the garden of the heart, and they liken it to a garden. So the tilling of the garden and the watering of the garden and our, all the efforts that we need to do within our heart control it and make sure um, it is pleasing pleasing for the Lord and it bears fruit looking at um, our holy mother Theotokos we see her as an image of virtue we see her as an image of humility uh, an image of gentleness, of goodness of holiness of obedience, of all these things and I want to focus more so on the word image than rather than any, any virtue she possesses. she possesses. So in the very beginning, when Moses wrote the book of Genesis and described the creation of man. In chapter 2, he describes how God created all that exists in the universe. So the first thing that God created was what? Light. Let there be light, right? So when God created all the firmaments, the the lights, the stars, the moon, the earth, and all the creatures, how did He create it? What's written in Genesis? He just said, let there be, right? So when He spoke, it was created. And then something interesting happens when we see the creation of man. Creation of Adam and Eve. What 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 does it say in the verse? It's chapter one, verse twenty-six, I believe. Let first it says, "Let us," and then what's the next word? Let us make. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. So right here we see a direct difference in one and. In the previous in the previous verses god spoke everything into existence by his word and he said let there be when he came to man he said let us make and so what do you think is the difference between the two let there be implies that it is done it is finished while let us make it kind of implies the idea of a project or of a continual work. And so, let us make man according to our image after our own likeness. Meaning that the image and likeness of God within us is something that is a continual work. Let me shift gears a little bit. We all know what a calorie is, right? We eat them all the time. Maybe uh, Less now that we're fasting, especially because it's Wednesday, or maybe more. But does anybody know the definition of a calorie? Like, what is a calorie? Anyone? See, we all know what calories are, but when you think about exactly what a calorie is, it's like, hmm. So the definition of a calorie is the amount of energy required to heat one gram of water by one degree Celsius. So it's a measurement, it's a scale, it's a a unit, I'm sorry, a unit of measurement. So whether you have broccoli, or lettuce, or steak, or fish, or shrimp, they all have calories, but the calories are hidden in them, meaning that the calories are taken when the molecular bonds are broken right? We break down food and we use those calories for energy. That's that's what a calorie is. A calorie is that unit of measurement. So it's not a physical or empirical thing. Now, I want to shift, using that same analogy, looking at the image and likeness of God within us. So the image and likeness of God within us is hidden in us and needs to be actualized. And the actualization of that image and likeness is through the breaking of the bonds within us. And the bonds within us is the bond of our will. I know some; it's almost uh, intuitive to think the bonds of sin, but sin has already been taken care of by our Lord on the cross. So sin is not an issue for us. Our issue in order to become like God, to share in the image and likeness, is to do exactly what He did. Meaning, to sacrifice, right? And to deny ourselves, to crucify our own will. This is this is the pinnacle of what it means to retain the image and the likeness of God. So, we see this um, perfectly when Christ, before he was uh, taken to be arrested, he was in the garden of the Gethsemane and he was praying when he told his disciples to to wash with him and pray and they were asleep. And we see him asking the Father with great agony and extreme anxiousness and nervousness and grief and all these emotions that we also experience in our day-to-day lives. And he says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. So basically he said, let it be. Right? Now let it be, when we go back to Genesis, let it be, was speaking things into existence. This is how things came into existence before man. So man has to willingly say, let it be, in order for him to be fully created. I'll say that again. The same way, that God says, let there be light, let there be heavens, let there be the firmament, the same way they exist, man must also exist in that same way. And so God begins by saying, let us make man. But it is up to us to say, let it be. So we have the responsibility of revealing or showing or exemplifying that image and likeness of God hidden within us. And that is only accomplished when we say, let it be. Very interesting, Another interesting circumstance I'd like to bring up in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verse 31. This is um, right after Jesus chooses the 12 disciples. And he goes to Jerusalem, Jerusalem and he deals with the Pharisees and heals the He heals the demon-possessed, and this is when they accuse him of uh, healing the demons or casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And then later on, a group of people are telling him, Your mother and brothers are looking for you. Then he answered and says, Who are my mother and my brothers? It's kind of a very weird question because we all know and Even the people back then knew that he came from Mary and he came from uh, that family. So it wasn't known or it wasn't unknown where he came from. It was kind of a weird question. And then continuing, he says, and looking around at those who were sitting with him, he says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, this is my brother, sister, and mother. Now at first glance we kind of look at it and we say, Yeah, like, you know, kinda not good sounding for, for St. Mary, you know, he says, Who's my mother? But we have to take a closer look at the scriptures. In the gospel, in the Gospels, in the Annunciation narrative, when the Archangel Gabriel came to Mary and gave her the good news. And then at first she was unsure and she was, how can this be since I don't know a man? And the holy archangel Gabriel assured her. And then finally she said, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. So we see that same let it be. So Saint Mary did exactly what Christ is saying in that she fulfilled the will of God. She took off her own will and accepted the will of God for her. So she is worthy to be called Mother of God, Mother of Christ, Mother of every single person. There is a song by the Beatles. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Let It Be. The lyrics go like this. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, Let It Be. So it's interesting, just in pop culture, we have this idea of let everything be according to what it is. This is one of the most difficult things that we can do, and it, it's tied with our pride and our egoism, but it is the very source of humility in that we must say, let it be according to your will, not my own. It's very, very difficult to do this in, in our modern day and age, but the key is to always look, look, look at the cross, look at the image of the crucifixion, and see exactly what we ought to do as well. And, and uh, monasticism, actually, the whole point of monasticism was it was another way of martyrdom. And so St. Anthony, if you read the book of uh, Life of Anthony by St. Athanasius, when he started his monastic career or his monastic journey, he started by going to the outskirts of the city and there there were already individuals living at the outskirts, kind of a little far from civilization, but not down into the desert. And so what he would do is he would go to each father or each elder, they would teach him a virtue, and then it was said that he would learn the virtue quickly and then excel the elder who taught him. And he would do this for every single person that he encountered in the outskirts until he went down into the desert completely by himself and then he started, with, um, he started waging war, or Satan started waging war on him and he developed the life of monasticism. And so the living martyrdom is always tied with the crucifixion of the will. And the crucifixion of the will starts by saying, let it be. Thy will, not my will. Saint Athanasius in uh, the book Against the Arians, or Contra Arianos, in book two, chapter 59, he says in reference to the difference between let there be and let us make. He says, accordingly, The father calls sons those in whom he sees his own son and says, I begot, since begetting simplifies sons while making is indicative of the works. So he's saying the difference right here in that um, we are called to be sons of God through adoption by taking on the image of the son of God himself. And so. He calls us sons, the Father, when He sees the image of His Son within us. That's the image and likeness again. Therefore, we are not begotten first, but made created when He says, let us make. But when we later receive the grace of the Holy Spirit, we are henceforth said to also be begotten. So He's giving the image here of adoption, of sonship, through the taking on of the image of Christ our Savior. May we learn to imitate the Most Holy Theotokos and St. Anthony, and may we learn to say in every occasion, let it be according to your will, not according to my own, through their prayers and intercessions, and in glory be to the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and forever, and to the ages of all ages.